Welcome to the Thrive Vineyard Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our special guest speaker. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit thrivevineyard.com. Like Kevin said, I'm Haram Hong. Um, most of you probably don't know, but we were out of town for the last two weeks as well. So um, we were on vacation and... Um, you also probably don't know that I'm in between jobs. And so I wanted to spend like just a little, a little bit of this morning just telling you a little bit about us and a family and then it kind of ties on all together. Um, but essentially we were, we left right after Ju- Judah's birthday party on October 17th and then we just got back like November 2nd. So it was just over two and a half weeks and we went on like a, a little road trip vacation. So I'm going to just tell you everything that we did, and then we'll just kind of go through some photos. But uh, we spent three nights in North Carolina. Then we went to Adrian's hometown of like the Clemson area, where we spent two nights with some friends, and then three nights in an RV. And then, uh, in, then we went to another town called Greenville, where we spent two nights with one friend, and then two nights with another friend. And then we drove up to Atlanta, because we wanted to see some friends there, spent two nights and then on our way back, we hit Mammoth Cave and spent two nights in an RV. And all that to say, we are glad to be home, <laughs> sleeping in our beds and not needing to tear down and set up every two nights. So we'll, we'll go through these photos. Um, this is us at Stump House Tunnel in South Carolina, Eden and, and some of her friends. If we go to the next slide... There are our friends, we were at a Korean restaurant in this small town of Seneca, and it was actually really good food, and then we got to eat at Waffle House, which is like every quarter mile in the south, I feel. <laughs> and then uh, some of Adrian's family, that's her dad, and then Eden and Judah got to spend some time in a bunk bed in the RV, so Eden slept in a bunk bed for the first time, that's like the little hill that we had, and then... Um, Mammoth Cave. So our children got to go to their first national park. It's the longest cave system in the world, Mammoth Cave. So if you're ever in Kentucky, feel free to check that out. While we were on this trip, um, I had a couple ideas of what I wanted to preach about. I was like, because, you know, Kevin asked us a couple weeks ago, and I was like, oh man, God, God started leading me in this direction, and then something changed, and I was like, maybe we should talk about this other thing. And then a couple of events happened, and here we are. Um, I feel like God wanted to talk kind of in line with everything we've been preaching about, but it's the sense of urgency. Um, so as we continue this How Can I Help series, uh, we, we focus on the engage flame, which is how do we engage with the people and the world around us and ultimately make disciples. Bef- oh, and then to mention, Kevin talked last week. Do you guys remember what he preached about last week? Oh, should we stay in or should we go out? And so it kind of falls all in line with that. And so before I even step in, I just want to do a little disclaimer. And my heart for this message is not for you to do what Kevin said, not for you to do what I say, but really to do what God wants you to do. The last thing I want to do is something that God doesn't want you to do. And so if you could just open up your hearts and and just listen to what the Spirit is telling you as we talk about the sense of urgency. Has anyone ever helped 
somebody when they got injured, maybe take them to the ER or, or do some first aid. Maybe see some hands. Okay, awesome. What happened? Anyone care? Like what? You don't have to give specifics, but let, what, what was the injury that you helped someone with? Anyone want to share? Hit by a car. Wow, that is that is pretty important. Like it's a it's a thing that needs immediate care. So, what what ended up? What did you end up doing, Kevin? And we did not coordinate this, but he he just and that's pretty. I think ties in well. But like, so what happened? Someone got hit by a car, and then he was riding his bike across a busy street, and a car clipped his bike. Jeez, knocked him down. Knocked him down. Just hung out with him, waiting for the ambulance to come. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Wow. If we go to the seven steps of first aid, when someone is injured and you see something happen, what's the immediate response? We'll do a little lesson here of first aid. So this is kind of in the perspective of like, not you're not a doctor, you're not a... So you want to ensure safety. So in this case, hey, make sure there's no more cars because if you get injured, guess what? You can't help any more people and then there'll be two people injured. And then... You call for help, you assess the situation, oh man, did he break a bone, is he bleeding, do we need to apply some of the basic first aid, maybe elevate his leg or make sure he doesn't even move, because if it's a spine injury, so it all kind of depends, and then provide comfort and reassurance, so you know, we've seen like war movies where you know, someone's injured really bad, and they're like, hey, you're going to be fine, you're going to do it, because you don't want to freak them out, you don't want to raise their, their um, blood pressure and like let them burn... Uh, bleed out or anything. And then eventually, when help, the medical professionals come, you hand things over. And then the seventh step, they say, is you should have all this training beforehand so that you could be prepared. Um, But what I'm getting at is when something devastating or even, you know, hurtful happens, our immediate response our response is immediate to help. Oh my goodness, is everything okay? It's, what's going on? Are you bleeding out? How can I immediately go and help? The other night, I was reading Eden, her bedtime story. And uh, she was really cute. She like got off my lap. And then I was in this recliner. And I was starting to get She's like, oh no, I felt like you could keep laying down. And like she wanted to lift the recliner back up. And so I was like, oh, this is so sweet. And I, I literally started to recline again. And then she started crying. And it's one of my abnormal fears that came to life because her finger got pinched in one of the hinges and she started crying and I was like what do I do and I freaked out and I ran you know obviously I picked her up I'm like oh my gosh how bad is it do we need to go to the ER I'm freaking out I'm my luckily my mother-in-law was there and she was like it's okay she'll be fine and and I I had this moment where I was like man like I don't I don't even know what to do but imagine if instead of trying to help and bringing it to my mother-in-law and figuring out the blood and making sure everything was okay, what if I was like, oh, Eden, oh, you're, you're bleeding. Let me, let me finish reading. i got to scroll through some social media stuff. Imagine if our response was delayed or if we, just slow, if we just didn't have urgency where we just lay back. Let me finish this episode and then we'll help you. Oh, this, this season's really good right now. Can, you, can, your, can your medical things or your... Bleeding out, just kind of wait a second. I just, I just don't know if that ever makes sense. So if someone's bleeding out or getting injured or my daughter and 
we want to help right away, like that's innate in us, then how much more should we have that feeling for eternal salvation for our friends and our family or our neighbors or whoever? I want to share with you three reasons, three reasons um, for urgency that we find in the scriptures. The first one, um, the reason we need to, we need to do something. We can't just stay still. We can't just stay comfortable. We, the reason why is the Great Commission. In Matthew 28, it, it's, one of, it's, the last, it's literally the last passage in the book of Matthew. And it reads, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. It's our mission to do that every day. It doesn't matter what our vocational jobs are. It doesn't matter what we do. It's, it's in everything we do, in every way we step out, we should have the kingdom in mind. Because, and, and I'll get into some other reasons, but I'll give you an example. I was in, I don't know if you guys know, I was in the army I did ROTC, I commissioned, and I, I was in the National Guard. And we had to go through training um, as an officer. I had to go th- to Fort Lee, and I got some training. And in general, I think the Army is a pretty, it's a dark, darker place than most um, because of just kind of the situation of, it's like this alpha male where people want to be better than you, and they literally have a rank that says that they're better than you. And it's just kind of one of those areas. And... Uh, personally, I was not as close to God. And I'm in the weight room one day because, you know, we had some time to work out. And this huge, this huge dude came and he was like, hey, can you give me a spot? And I was like, I, I work out, but I was like, I don't think I can help you. I was, like, I, I was like, he's like, don't worry about it. He's like, I don't think I need I just in case. And I was like, all right. And um, turns out he, he played football for Ohio State. And then we get to talking, and he's literally like, today's a great day because, because I spent time with God, and he is good, because, like, my day is good because he is good. And I was like, before I even started, like, before I even had a conversation about Jesus with this guy, I actually don't even remember his name because it was such a brief moment, and one day I'll see him in heaven, because I, I bring this guy up all the time, because it's just, it was literally like, Christ was pouring out of everything he was. He literally would tell me about days. So when you go to an army base, you have to go through like medical in-processing, making sure all your vaccines and medical records are updated. And he literally told me that the lady turns to him who's processing all the soldiers. And she's like, what's, what is it with you? Like, what's different? And she, he was like, ma'am, it's, it's God in me. Like I, I spent time in his word, and, and he is good. And, and that's just how he carried on his day, even though he was a second lieutenant in the Army Corps of... He was a quartermaster. But he, um, that's just how he operated day to day. And it challenges me because, because, because God was on his lips before, before anything... A conversation even started. That's just how he walked. And then when I think about man, that's why Jesus came. That's why his blood was shed is so that we can have relationship with the Father. 
It's so that we can do our job. We are literally alive today because we have a job to do. And it's to help people with the best thing in the world, which is relationship with the good, good father. It's the Great Commission. It's to make disciples. The second reason we need a a better sense of urgency and our our perspective shift is because our lives are short, right? Um, James 4.14 states, Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. We are literally like vapor, like just gone. When we were in Adrian's hometown, we uh, part of why the sermon got shifted was we had dinner with uh, one of her youth leaders on Saturday, Blake and Amy. We had dinner with them. Kids were totally up way past their bedtime because it was just fun catching up, talking. Sunday, we go to church, we see them, and then Blake's dad comes up, and he's like, hi, I'm Randy, I'm Blake's dad. And I was like, oh, man. This, Blake and Amy just is, is a couple that Adrian and I actually really look up to. She's looked up to for years. And um, when I met his, his dad, I was like, man, like this is the man who created this. And I was like, man, it's awesome. Nice to meet you. Gave him a hug. We met his wife. Monday, we get noticed that Randy had a sudden stroke. And, uh, and he's in the best place in the world, but sooner than we expected. And it made me realize, man, like, our lives, literally, we don't know when our days are for our own selves and then for others that are around us. Jesus, uh, in Second Timothy, we, and, and not to even consider, like, yes, we can die and, and all those things, but then Jesus' return is guaranteed, right? Like, Jesus is coming back, and we don't even know when. It literally says nobody will know when. And then, it, in Second Timothy, it talks about the last days. So I'm going to read this passage. It's a little longer, but just bear with me. Second Timothy 3, um, it says, But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. For people to be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, Disobedient to their parents, I wish Eden was listening, Um, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving, good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, and having the appearance of godliness but denying its power, avoid such people. Does that not sound like a world we live in today? I'm not... So I'm not like one to preach like the rapture, but I, I, the reality is none of us know how much time we have. No one knows when Jesus will return. You could be as healthy as it, but if he returns like it. So where do we want to be? Third reason for us to just light a fire for urgency is because people need it. People are hurting everywhere. It's, that's the reality. Um, Matthew 9.37, it says the harvest is plentiful. Like it's literally, but the laborers are few. And we are the laborers. And so, 
when we think about people hurting, I want you to like envision, imagine somebody bleeding out right next to you. Imagine someone hit by a car right next to you. Oh, hey, Steve, walking by. Have a good day. See you next week. You know, I think a lot of us isolate our, oh, well, this is my work. And then, and then I have church or, oh, those are those group of friends. And then I talk about God with like, I got like a small group that means like, you know, but the reality is, is people everywhere, all around us every day are hurting. Our friends, our family, our coworkers, and they don't know. And these are people we really, really care about. Even post-COVID, there, there are people who are very discontent with their relationship with God. Like that's, that's the reality. That's what we've kind of talked about. And so when we look at the three facts, I'll repeat them. It's, we have a, a job to do, which is the Great Commission. Our time is limited and, and Jesus will return, right? And then people, they just really need it and they're hungry for it. How do we respond? What are we supposed to do? I think we, I think we need to light a fire under our booty and, and awaken our like spiritual zeal. Like where, where is that? And, and by taking action. And so I'm going to just share two, two things that are, I think, practical. Um, there's, there's, there's more. I, I, the ones I'm not going to mention are, are prayer and reading in the word. Those are, I think, always just given. But two actionable things that we could do is one, find an accountability partner. And I'll share with you some, some working out statistics um, based on some studies. So um, did you guys know that if you have a workout buddy, training with them just two times a week has a 78% increase in exercise level after 18 months. So think about that for a second. If you just, just working out with somebody, is not <laughs> working out with somebody, your, your level will increase 78%. I think the way I thought about it was like, if you knew that there was an investment you could make today and in a year and a half have a 78% return, would you put your money in? How much money would you put in? I don't, let me pull out everything, you know? Um, also, when you exercise in groups or with other people, you will push yourself 160% more than if you trained alone. Wild, right? There's actually a Kansas State University study that found that people who exercise with someone that they thought was better than them increased their workout time and intensity by 200%, just by being with someone that they thought was better than them. 200%. Wild, right? So this is the physical. The physical reality is that you will get gains by having an accountability partner. What are the spiritual implications? If you have somebody that's going to push you, that's going to sharpen you, that's going to encourage you to go back into the Word, that's going to encourage you to swallow your pride. My wife is really good at that. But, but really... Like, what does that look like? So having an accountability partner, I don't know who that's going to be. I don't know if you have people, but keep that in mind. Think, think of who can I have next to me to, to go to battle with. And then the second, second thing is real simple. Uh, you have to step out of your comfort zone. And like Nike, their slogan is what? Just do it. I was, uh, I was at the Palatine Library this, this last week. And um, 
Did you guys know that there's a reading room upstairs? Has anyone been to the Palatine Library? Yeah. <laughs> we go all the time because of the kids, so there's a little play area, but I've never really been upstairs. And so upstairs is this little nice reading area. Nobody was there, so it, was, it felt really... I felt really spoiled. I was like this huge room. It, it's got like a little lookout. Anyways, besides the point, I'm, I'm trying to finish things up for, for this teaching. And I was sitting for a while, so I was like, let me use the restroom. Let me go get a drink of water and just kind of walk around. And I was like, you know what? Like, I, I, let me just look around this library because it's kind of nice. I, I didn't really know. And so I'm walking around. I see people with their headphones on working. I see some students studying some books. And I turn the corner and I see a homeless man. And I was like, okay. And then I just keep walking. And in my spirit, I just felt God saying, hey, you should probably talk to him, you know? And I was like, well, God, I, gotta, I got this sermon to write. I got to fin- you know, finish this up. I got, let me go back. And so I literally just keep walking. <laughs> like, and I like, don't even, I like kind of avoid looking. I'm like, you know, as if he's not there. But I sit down and I'm, I'm reviewing my notes. And I was like, how can I, how could I stand there on Sunday and be like, just do it, but then not have done it, you know? <laughs> um, but so what happened was I, I waited for the right time and then, um, and I, and I go approach him and I was like, Hey, like yeah, had a talk and I wish I could have, I could be up here saying like, yeah, man, like I saw his limbs grow out. I, we saw demons get cast out. It was actually a pretty awkward conversation. It was, uh, I asked him a bunch of questions and he was just very one-sided. And um, I was like, man, and, and my hope is, you know, I got to pray for him and my hope is that, you know, things were planted and it, it, I found out he does go there regularly. So I'll, I'll catch him on another day. Um, but I realized, I was like, maybe this is more for me, you know, for, like to get this muscle. And while we were in South Carolina, we, we were with some friends walking in and similar homeless woman came up, asked us if we needed money or if, if we had money and, and we didn't at the time, we actually didn't even have our phones, but she saw our kids and somehow she had these baby clothes that were brand new. And she was just like, I, I'm just going to give it. And she just gave us these like brand new baby clothes. And, then she walked away, and Adrian, my awesome accountability partner, turns to me and says, do you need to pray for her? And I was like, no. Yeah. Um, I was like, um, no. I was like, oh, she's kind of far, further now. We, we got the kids. And she's like, I'll hold, Judah. You go. And, and it kind of all came in line. And, and I ended up praying. I, I, I like literally kind of chased her down, prayed for her. And, and this is what I'm getting to is, when you have, one, when you step out and you do it, it makes it easier the next time. It does. It's just like a muscle. It's like, and then two, if you have an accountability partner who's pushing you, you're going to have better results. What I forgot to mention, even with the whole accountability partner, like those are like the 200% increase is for sure human body, right? But like we have the spirit. We have his power in us. Like I think we would get way big. I mean like mass, you know, I, I didn't I skipped over that in my notes, but all that to say, like imagine the possibility of what we could do for his kingdom if we were to have accountability, and then just do it, just listen for what he wants you to do like i said it's not i'm not telling you to go and pray for every home I'm, that's not that's not it, but what is God asking you to do today? 
I, I wanted to kind of end our time with just this bold little step. Um, there, don't feel pressured to do it, but I'm going to encourage you to do it because I think that's what we're here to do, encourage and push and challenge and, and build the kingdom. But there, there's a pen and paper in front of you, right? And I want you to think of a person that maybe God wants you to have this awkward conversation or, or talk about Jesus or someone, whether it's at your work or your neighborhood or, or whatnot. But think about that person and write their names down. Or even if it's just someone to like start a conversation to talk about Jesus. And so if everyone has that written down, awesome, or whoever wants to. And then, and then what I'll challenge you with is, is to fold it. This is the boulder. This is like level two. But is, is to fold it and give it to someone here at church that you know will be here next week. So that they can ask you, hey, did you talk to them? You could give it to me. I'll, I'll take whatever names. But I really want, I think, looking back at everything that we kind of talked about, like we need to be kingdom builders. That's what we're called to do. Now, like for those that, of us that know who Christ is, like there is no excuse. Like one day we will, like our, all of our times will come to an end and we will stand there and the reality is, is God is holy. He is the judge. What are we going to be able to say, you know? Oh, yeah, I, I, I got great promotions. I worked so hard. I was the CEO. I have three million in my retirement. I have 10 investment properties. I, I don't think God is going to really care about those treasures. And so... Where do we want to store our treasures? Or what kind of treasures do we want to store? So, this week, two things. If you find an accountability partner, just to cheer you on. And then two, just step out of your comfort zone. Do something that God wants. I mean, it's literally the Father. He's in control of it all. 